Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'eses Hashem, BPW number 61. That's Bias Panimi, Share for Women, Share number 61. In the book Holy Intimacy, uh, there's a chapter about the first night, Bilas Mitzvah, which we're not going to go into in detail. This is something that um, is better for Kalaki teachers themselves and women themselves to teach women about the Bilas Mitzvah and the first night of marriage, and for the chassan teachers to teach the chassanim on their end of it. I'm just going to mention a few brief points that are important. Simply um, that there needs to be a realistic expectation about it. Um, One needs to take into account that neither one hasn't physically done this before. It's could be disconcerting for many, both on the boys' side and on the girls' side of this. Also, you had a long night with the wedding, and there could be exhaustion, there could be tiredness, and so on and so forth. So it's understandable where there's certain overwhelmness, and it's very late often. And, you know, the, the Kala teachers, Hassanim teachers, talk about, try to you know, be, um, you know, try to calm, be calm down and try to, um, you know, have conversations and take a shower, all of these things that they talk about. But the the few points, though, I do want to mention very briefly is that what she also mentions in the book is that whether that night works or doesn't work, whether your bodies respond or it doesn't, and it's awkward, or it doesn't work, and you have to try again the next night, or whatever it is, you ask your halachic authority how to go about these things. But the bottom line is, is to know. They need to know, or their teachers need to tell them, it does not for, uh, tell, or like she words it here, it's not a commentary on your chemistry or on the quality of your marriage. It has zero to do with it. It There's very... Um, there's, there's, there's people that it, the first night was wonderful and unbelievable, but their marriage, if they didn't work on it, didn't work out. And then there's others where the first night or the first, uh, you know, couple of months, it was a little uncomfortable and it got, it took a while to get used to each other. And it wasn't, you know, until they got to enjoy it, it took a while that does that is so while this is going on they may think oh boy you know is this the right person we don't even have a physical connection yet so much and what's going on not to worry about these things this is totally totally normal and to have an assurance and and understand that over time you build safety you build trust you build love and things get better and you have a beautiful marriage you know if it persists then you ask for, uh, you know, advice from your kala or chasen teacher, respectively. Then the idea is also that, you know, this is another important thing, that by bilas mitzvah, there, there is um, the halacha, that as soon as it's done, you have to separate. And what's important to understand is this is the exception to the rule. The Be'ilas Mitzvah, the first night or the first time, is the exception to the rule where right after you engage in the act, you separate from one another. That's the halacha, and, and we keep the halacha. But 
In all other instances, one needs to know the importance that when one spends time together afterwards, it's extremely important. Brings down that science is confirming. Again, we, uh, we say this many times, we, that we don't need science to prove Tyra. Tyra is MS regardless. But as we mentioned, as time is going on, we're getting closer to the days of Mashiach, science is starting to confirm the realities of truths in Tyra that we knew for thousands of years, that science is confirming that the Tyra mandates that a man spends time with his wife after having relations and don't leave her after right immediately after, after having sexual intercourse. And there's evidence that cuddling after sexual relations is important to the overall sexual satisfaction and the health of the couple's relationship. So it's important, and on the men's side we talk about it also, that often when they uh, are done, they get very tired and they lose their interest. And again, it's a lot biological and physiological. So women, just like we talk in the men's side, they need to deeply understand a woman's nature and also biologically a woman needs to understand a man's nature biologically biologically this is the case where immediately after his release he the climax everything goes down it drops and sometimes he gets extremely tired and he loses interest and we talk about that regardless he has to make a strong effort to connect with his wife after sexual intercourse because otherwise a wife will feel used or vulnerable or neglected and so on so the although the bilas mitzvah is the exception to that rule it is very important that um that one you know over the course of the marriage to make sure that there is time spent after sexual intercourse to hold each other cuddle and talk and, and connect in a deep way and then they have a fascinating um, concept here of, again, which the, 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 just the dynamic of where they put this title, they call it, how, how do we go from zero to 100 so suddenly, which means that uh, till marriage, halacha limits the connection between uh, the opposite genders, and all of a sudden you're connecting in the most intimate way with someone from the opposite gender who is your wife now, who is your husband now. And the idea really is, is that it is not a stira, it is not a contradiction. As much as it seems foreign in our own lives, this brand new experience that's the opposite of what we were doing till now, it's really this one of the same thing. The halachis before marriage and the concept of separating and of the genders and so on is for the purpose to protect you, to protect your, mar- your your sexuality, to protect your intimacy, so that when you do get married, it could be used in the most beautiful way. So it's really one and the same. Although it seems in behaviorally, you're going from zero to 100, but in reality, meaning that you, you know, you know, you're staying away and now all of a sudden you're deeply engaged, but this is the purpose of the the zero the separation was to give you focus when you when you do connect in marriage and that is the idea of havdalah of separating of boundaries of healthy boundaries you know just like in in the Beis Amigdash, you had you know different 
boundaries of Kedusha, Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Kodesh, the Harabayis, Yerushalayim, over all Eretz Yisrael, you have Kayhana Levim and Yisraelim, you have a Kayin Gadol who's the highest, you have all these different um, aspects of, 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 of borders, and how, so when one recognizes this, they realize that it's really not a stira, but actually it's preparing you. The separation before is preparing you for the beautiful connection. Now, the Medayik is something very interesting over here that what one needs to understand now that now that they're married, the sexual act is not only permitted, but it is healthy and good. The word mutter is fascinating. People usually use the word mutter like a bediavid. Okay, you're allowed to do this now. But it's more. Mutter means to release, to be free, to be unrestrained. Which means that up to now, where it was not allowed, it was usser, it was bound, it was closed. You couldn't express it in a holy form. But now, you are mutter. Mutter means you are free it's free, those, those sparks of holiness are free now that you could use this, you could engage in the sexual connection with one's husband, with one's wife, in a way now that binds them, in the way that mutter, it frees them. It, it uninhibited and it's freedom. So there was a spiritual unity before they got married, before they met, the two half-souls, and now they finally get to express it in a physical way. Another thing that they talk about that's quite important is to, before um, marriage, if there was chas trauma, whether molestation or exposure to pornography or all these different things, that it's very important that before marriage you get counseling for this so that this could be healing and to be able to adapt healthy in your marriage. And even if after you're married, if you know you have these issues, mental flashbacks from your past, it's important to get therapy for it and to, and to um, release the trauma of that. So the idea behind all of this is that the home is meant to be as Hashem's dwelling place in this world, and your marriage represents this idea to make a home. There's a famous line, you buy a house, but you make a home, and it's so much more emphasized by the woman. It's really the key, is the woman's concept of a home. And the idea is, is the home represents, it could be the husband has a say and has a feel for it too, but a lot is on the woman's feeling of how the, the, the house physically looks. It says that one of the things that widens a person's mind is a dear and no, which means a nice home. Nice home here does not mean that you have to spend extravagant things, doesn't mean that you have an indoor pool and uh, uh, custom-made uh, you know, furniture, but it could be dear and no, beautiful home, could be a simple home, that's clean, that's not cluttered, that maybe there's nice flowers there, beautiful pictures of family members, 
and the, the scenery, whatever it is, that's a dira na. And the idea is, is that to recognize that you, you are with Hashem. You and your husband are with Hashem. Hashem wants a relationship with the both of you together. There's a dynamic here where He wants to be a partner in your marriage. And that's the truth is, is that's the only way marriages could succeed because it's the Yud in the Ish and the He in the Isha. So when you imagine this and you recognize this, that yeah, I, I'm going into marriage or I am in a marriage and I love my husband, I love my wife and we're together and we want to make a dwelling place for him. And it says besides, by the way, Dirana, it says a beautiful home. It says also, Kalem Noim. Kalem Noim. Beautiful vessels. Beautiful vessels meaning nice, nice utensils and cups and, 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 and all those things and dishes and uh, all these also make a person feel good. Kalem Noim could also apply to a person's mind. His mind is a Kali. Her mind is a Kali. And they beautify it. They make Hashem's dwelling place beautiful. What's fascinating is they bring down, brings down from the Ramban in the beginning of Hagdama to Sefer Shmais. He says people think that the the, the oil of the Avais and Imais represented what the Mishkan and the Migdash will be later, and it's really the other side, the other way around. Meaning, when we built, when Hashem told us to build the Mishkan, and ultimately when we build the base on Migdash, it was designed after the tents of the Avais and the Imais of Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. Why? Because those tents had the three main mitzvahs. The three main mitzvahs of, number one, Hadlokas Neirois, Shabbos, that, the, 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 that it remained lit from Shabbos to Shabbos. And there was bracha in the dough. In the dough, that's the mitzvah of Kashras is, is, is implied in that. And there was an on a holy cloud of glory on the tent, hovering over the tent, that's Taras Hamishpacha. And so, so the, and, 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 and they had those three mitzvahs in the tent of the women keeping Hadlokas Neiris and Chala and the Halachas of Nida. So that's why in the Beis Amigdash you have those things. The Menorah represents the candle lighting. The Menorah connects to Hadlokas Ner Shabbos, Ner Hanukkah as well. The Shulchan, the table, represents the Chala or Kashris overall. And the Orin represents the Anani HaKavayd, which is Taharas HaMeshpacha, which I think, although it doesn't mention in the book, it's connected to the what's on top of the Orin, the Kruvim, which was a male and female young, young, young person embracing one another. And the idea is brought down, it takes, takes a, it's a beautiful remez that's brought down from the Megala Mukis that they bring down this, in this book, it's a beautiful remez, that hey of Hadlokas Neirois and the Ches of Chala and the Nun of Nida of keeping those laws is Hachin, which means the grace, grace, grace and a certain beauty. It says Esther found grace in those who saw her. These mitzvahs bring grace. These mitzvahs bring special, special beauty to a woman a spiritual beauty 
but it could be, it, it's also manifested in a physical beauty. By the way, this is something that is so, so true that no matter how you know you look, your physical appearance is how Hashem made you in your physical appearance. And again, some are naturally more attractive, some are naturally less attractive. And we need to learn to accept and love the way we are. And Hashem gives us in perfectly what we need. But so so we need to really be happy about it and not and remove jealousy from our hearts and all of that. But the truth be told is with everyone with whatever they do have, they could enhance and make it beautiful by wearing modest but nice clothing that represents your inside, your soul, taking grooming yourself, taking care of yourself that way, obviously in a sneeze way, but in a beautiful way. We discussed this in a previous year. And that's so important. And also, by keeping these mitzvahs and working on the midos internally, it shines outward. And there is a physical beauty that is connected, that comes out. And you may not even recognize it. But men have mentioned when they're dating and they are mentioned when they get married, is that there's if the mannerism of the girl of the wife is coming from a purity of heart, a warmth, a kindness, a love. And with loving Hashem and keeping the mitzvahs of these three mitzvahs in particular, Hadlokas Ner, Shabbos, and Taras HaMeshbacha, and Chala, that it brings out a, a beauty physically in them, even though you know you can't really technically see it with the naked eye, but it, it creates that hacheng that we just said. It creates that appeal. It creates that beautiful concept. Then, and we're going to be Messiah over here, is that the, the Benoist Tzalachad is a role model. A Jewish woman has that love for Eretz Yisrael that the Benoist Tzalachad had, which means that the women have a deep passion. They have a passion to fuse their surrounding with Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. You could make your home have, in a certain Bechina, a Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. They are Chachmas Noshim Bansa Besa. The wisdom of women makes a home. And it's a real privilege. It's a responsibility also, yes, but it's a real privilege that you women have, that you can do things that are beyond what men can do in building a beautiful home, in connecting in a wonderful way. You, as women, have the ability to heal your husband's emotional wounds very often. Very, very often. It goes both ways, too. If a husband's compassionate, it could create healing in a, in a woman's, in her, his wife's life. That's also true. But women in particular have that certain softer, um, bina yesera, that truly, truly heals, hurts that the husband is carrying and helps him heal. Helps him heal emotionally and helps him heal physically. We went through the letters of the stipler. And again, disclaimer, we're talking about a, a, a husband and a wife that has a good marriage, that love each other. He does say that in, men, in some instances where a husband may be down or depressed, when there is more frequency in the physical intimacy, 
That comes, of course, together with emotional connection and warmth. It creates a refuah. It actually is a refuah. And that too, done the right way, with the right kavana, creates a certain healing that heals them emotionally. It's very deeply connected. And that's something also that's a gift that can be used in a healthy way. Brachen